Welcome to Week Points, the podcast where we discuss what we've watched, listened to, read and done over the past week. I'm one of your hosts, Rich, and with me as ever is Nick. Nick, how has your week been? What's it been like in the world of Nick this week? Um, It's been okay. Yeah, it's been fine. Uh, I've been doing a lot of walking with the dog. Uh, and I have, uh, it's weird, as soon as you ask, like earlier on I was thinking, oh, I must mention this and I must mention that and I mentioned, I played some crazy golf. Um, yeah. Real life crazy golf? Real life crazy golf, yes. No shit. Yes, shit. No, I mean, it it wasn't shit, but yes. In Thorn, where I live, in Thorn. <gasps> at Pirate's Thorn Cove. Thorn has got... Cr- what? Yeah, Pirate's How Cove. How have I never known this? <gasps> it's a pretty good crazy golf thing, I have to say. It's um, it's part of the golf course, part of the golf club. Uh, and it's the... You know, I'll never, I'll never uh, be a golfer. Uh, I had a very bad experience when I was a kid <laughs> at golfing. And, um, not, no, actually, I would never have an experience golfing. Oh my um, god! Right, so Did when you I was... get fingered by Nick Felder, <laughs> no, I didn't mind that. That was fine, uh, but you know, it was, it was, it was, uh, you know, it's the only way you could give us an autograph. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> I had the same occurrence with Peter Alice, in fact. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Around with Alice, a reach around with Alice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was oh fucking hell! If I had a bell for that, I would have run. <laughs> that was very good. That was fine work. <laughs> <laughs> here's Richard there approaching approaching the hole oh god it's got a difficult length <laughs> oh he's he's addressing the balls oh but uh, what's so he going crouch- to use what's in his so bag lovely crouching stance he's got there <laughs> <laughs> straight in out. no problem at all <laughs> so um tell me more about this crazy golf course then. is it is it a traditional windmills and all that kind of stuff uh, no it's pirate themed so they have Excellent. hans zimmer's score from pirates of the caribbean on a loop yes playing in speakers are you there serious are, yeah absolutely deadly serious <gasps> oh my god yeah, I'm so I'll, excited. I'll send some pictures i'll send some pictures of ivy with a plastic captain jack sparrow I mean, they, they bear shit. very little resemblance. In fact, I have to well, go. Come over. Next time you come over, we'll go to oh, Pirates yeah. Cove, um, yeah. and and between hole one and hole two, there is a, a like a little um, bridge thing that you have to stand on, and you pull a rope yeah. to pull you across a lake <gasps> to get to the rest of the course. Oh my god! Yeah, the hole one <sighs> takes place in the back of a galleon. It's really good. I mean. I'm selling it, and now you're thinking it's got the budget of that movie. You know, I'll disappoint you there. But it is good. It's a good quality one. There's one yeah, just up yeah. the road at Sunnybank Farm, which is your traditional... It's just lined by logs, and one of them's a crisscross, and there's a really yeah, rubbish yeah. windmill. You know, it's fine. It does what it's... You know, it's crazy golf. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not mentally unstable golf. It's never called... Cool. It's crazy. Um <laughs> <laughs> Mentally unstable golf. <laughs> Tiger Woods plays that, doesn't he? He's, he's he's quite good at mentally unstable golf. Yeah, I I'm, I played some um, difficult childhood ping pong the other day. And, uh, that, 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 I think that was very similar. <laughs> That's another John Peel, is it? That was the first DP by difficult childhood ping pong. We'll be hearing more of them later in the show. Now here's Autistic Poltergeist with their new single. 
I think you've got them in session next week. <laughs> <laughs> we really need to work on, on our, our John Peel impressions. Oh, yeah, my he, John Peel impressions. He, he does come terrible. up far too often. He, do, he really does. There'll be people going, well, he sounded like Ringo Starr, and fuck knows what he sounds like. It's absolutely <laughs> shocking. That's John Peel there. I only know it's John Peel because I've said it's John Peel. It's, yeah. it's a little bit like... Um, uh, I, I mean, I, I do the guy down because some of his impersonations are good. But Alistair McGowan, it yeah. used to really like. So you'd you'd listen to some imperson um, impressionists, impersonators. I'm not sure which is the impersonations. The is right impressionists. The nomenclature. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. impressionists. And um, you know, you can get them pretty much straight away. John Culshaw is very good. Um, yes. But um, Alistair McGowan, towards the end of his TV series. He was basically coming on like he did David Ginola. It was just generic French accent, but he was in a Spurs kit. And was, <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. falling over and going, Ah, referee! I have myself! Uh, oh, my air! I have a contract with L'Oreal! Oh, I've sprayed my air! And you think, okay, we only know that's David Ginola because you've got a kit yeah. on with Ginola on his back. It yeah. could be anybody. And it, and it helped when he did his David Beckham just before it. How he gave yeah. you a bit of the footballing thing, didn't he? Yeah, well, with David Beckham, I think he was with Ronnie Ancona, who, who did, yeah. uh, uh, you know, generic Essex gal. Uh, yeah. for, uh, but they were dressed like uh, Posh and Beck, so, you know. Yes. So yeah. there you go. Anyway, yeah. that's them efficiently assassinated. How awful. Um, um, can, I, can I just ask about the, um, the person who greets you at the Pirate Cove at Crazy Golf? Is he dressed as a pirate? I wish there was a greeter. Alas, you go and buy your tickets from the golf centre, the golf shop, oh, and then you shit. just you just walk up yourself. You walk up through the car park, go oh. through a fence, and you're in the back of the galleon. So it's oh. um, but you, as you approach, it's great because you're hearing, you know, it's very very good. Yeah, and obviously you can't resist going ah from time to time, you know. Just, the first hole is absolutely brilliant and they get progressively more shit. <laughs> too long, too boring and not about yeah. anything. Yeah. Do you have to play the third hole about five times? Uh, yeah, just to work out what's going on with it. Yeah, This yeah, feels yeah. very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that does sound good, though. Yeah, it is. It's very good. It's very good. Yes, Pirate's Cove. Um, so that's what I've done this week. Some of that, um, we, and, we you know... went, we, when we went on holiday um, to one of the Canary Islands, I think. Oh, I can't, I can't remember which fucking Canary Island we went, but <laughs> we went around to one of them, and um, they had uh, like a kind of dinosaur, like Jurassic Park ripoff, um, oh, crazy, crazy okay. golf, um, and they had. Um, like baby dinosaurs in in cages in box box cage things uh-huh. so as you got to the end of a hole um this dinosaur would move its head and then shriek at you oh okay so that, was, that was pretty good that sounds great that sounds really good yeah and they had um they had like safety helmets um you know, like in Jurassic Park, they were famous oh, yeah. for the safety helmets. They had these yellow safety helmets that were smeared in blood as well. 
So that was quite scary. God, that's, that's really Because that could happen to you, couldn't it? You know, what if the animated dinosaurs came to life? What if they did, just something? like in Westworld or, or, or some other Yeah, film? yeah. It, it honestly didn't have the budget of Westworld. <laughs> it, it, to be honest, it, it barely had the budget of a Sky subscription. Uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was entertaining. I like stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, me too. There was one, when I was on tour, I think it might have been in uh, Westcliff-on-Sea or South End. Which was all done out like like a Lost World kind of thing, uh, and yeah. it was ninety seven, which is the year of Jurassic Park: The Lost World. But it was like there was a crashed biplane, and one of the holes you had to knock the ball along the propeller, oh, the propellers and nice. stuff like that. It was it was pretty good. Lots yeah. and lots of fa- fake palm trees. Lots of fake palm yeah. trees. Yeah. If somebody would combine like uh, you know like a really bad waxworks that you often get in seaside resorts. Yeah, yeah. I think there's one in Scarborough. Um, is there? Oh. I think so. Yeah. Um, if they would combine that with crazy golf, so that like there was some random celebrities at the start and at the end of every hole, <laughs> and they had like a voiceover of somebody doing an impression of them, me and you. Yeah, our impressions it would are absolutely bob on. It would be. It <laughs> would be me and you, wouldn't it? Uh, I mean, hole seven would have to be John Peel and Ringo Starr and Ringo at the Starr start at the end. You'd have to guess who was who. Um, Tapped it in for a crowd pleasing seven there. <laughs> if they did something like that, then I wouldn't get. I wouldn't really care what the hole was like. Even no. if it was just straight up and down, I would be like, I'd be lost in that. Yeah. Oh yeah, me too. I told you about my trip to Louis Tussauds, didn't I? In Blackpool, the last time I went to Blackpool. No. Okay, so Louis Tussauds. I, as a kid, loved it. Fantastic. The yeah, Chamber yeah. of Horrors, particularly. Was yes. really really gruesome, unnecessarily yeah. gruesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. As a, as a child, you know, the, the first thing you see was um, is, I think it's just a car accident. Like someone's come through the window of a Hillman Avenger, and then they're all that mangled. There's blood on the screen. There's blood everywhere, and yeah. you know, and then there's, uh, there's you know, it was, it was and uh, a guillotine head comes off. And there's lots of blood. Phenomenal yeah. as a child. Absolutely, yeah, catnip. Um, yeah. Going back. When I was about, what was that be? Uh, nearly 30. Um, and going through the rest of the waxworks. Uh, and there were, <laughs> it was like bad lookalikes. It, you know, the waxwork hadn't been taken on that particular person. It had been taken on yeah. someone who'd been in the, advertised in the back of the stage newspaper <laughs> as a lookalike. There was Rude Hullet was in there. And honestly, oh. it was just, it looked more like Dion Dublin. In a, in a really bad dreadlock wig, but they put the Dutch kit on him. They put the Dutch football kit on him and put underneath Rude Hullet, and you went okay. And then Michel Platini, who was in again in the France kit, yeah, it looked like my dad without the beard. And that, me and my sister were absolutely killing ourselves laughing because the whole thing was fucking rotten. It was rubbish. Uh, Platini is quite, quite a niche one, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I mean, again, what you're talking about is, yeah, should we do world leaders? No, 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 we'll never get away with world leaders. We'll never get away with no, no chance, no chance. We can't do that. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I mean, they would, they would try and do, like right now, they'd obviously have to try and do Donald Trump. And he'd, yeah. he'd probably end up coming, you know, looking like fucking Noel Edmonds or something. <laughs> or just a bloke, a ruddy-faced bloke, like a market yeah. trader or something. You know, yeah. um, 
but um, not doing down market traders or ruddy-faced people at all. In fact, I apologise for comparisons to Donald Trump. Um, but yeah, they're shocking, shockingly bad. I hope it's still there because it's worth it just for just for going in and you know if you can try and not look at the signs where it's you know identifying the waxworks and try and guess who they yeah. are. I imagine that they've um, in Blackpool they've just got the uh, the waxwork that they had of Alf from Coronation Street, who was in um, Get Carter. Yes, he was indeed. Brian Mosley. Uh, I'm guessing that they just spread his face orange, and he's now Trump. Yeah, that's probably... Yeah, change the wig, spray his face orange. <laughs> yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Done. <laughs> Sorted. We've given him Dustin G's wig. Uh, face orange. <laughs> we're off. <laughs> but those... You know, you say that, you, you know, you mock... But those are the kind of waxworks will be in there. You know, Lazarenko yeah. will be in there somewhere. <laughs> I'd love it if Lazarenko was in He's there. He's in there, Lazarenko. Do you know, I was thinking earlier on before we started recording, we were talking, and you know, this might lead us into the first thing we're going to talk about, but we we're talking about um, uh, First World War. And I was, you know, uh, started talking about different world wars, and then moving on. Um, yeah. But um, it made me think of. Um, one of my one of my favourite films, which is uh, Where Eagles Dare. I'm going down a right path here. Oh, I love what, Where Eagles Dare. Oh, Where Eagles Dare is just uh, awesome. It's it's the best action yeah. man film. You know, you set your action yeah. man up to you know. Climb oh out. God, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. It's a brilliant. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I've lost my train of thought now because I'm thinking about something I thought when you were that 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 music was amazing as well. Oh yeah, hold on. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll, I'll stop doing it because otherwise I'll just go on and on and on. It's one of my favourites. It's one of my favourites. Um, so uh, what was I saying? What was I? Saying? How do we start this shit? Because I've I've completely. <laughs> we were talking before about about world wars. Oh no, that's it. Yeah, yeah, world wars. So um, and it reminded me of um, when I used to go on holiday as a kid. Uh, you'd stop at motorway service stations. I'd already finished my comic, so my dad would go in and spend fourteen p which was a lot because comics were only 6p at the time. 14p yeah. on a commando booklet. Oh, yeah. War stories in pictures. Yeah. Commando, right? And at the front and the back of the commando booklets that I had, it was a photograph of a sports star. I, defi- <laughs> I definitely had Hanu Mikola. Um, and I had Sammy Lee, um, who played for Liverpool. Uh, were they in military uniform? No, they weren't in military They were just pictures. <laughs> It's, it would say sports star, Hanu Mikola brackets Finland, and then a dash, and then it'd say rally, and then you know, and then the photograph of Sammy Lee, you know, in his Liverpool kit, an action shot of him with the ball, and it'd say Sammy Lee brackets England football, and you think, yeah, really, of course he is. Desmond Douglas, there's a good picture of Desmond Douglas. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, ping pong playing, <laughs> playing. Difficult childhood ping pong, uh, yeah. So that that and um, and I'm thinking somewhere there has to be, and I'm going to start searching eBay and scouring for the oh, Cliff Lazarenko yeah. commando. There's got there to must be. be, yeah. There There's must got be. To be. I got a bit bored. How, how he didn't win Sports Personality of the Year is a travesty. It's a. It is. I demand a recount on every year that he was every professional, year, yeah. professional darts. Yeah. yeah. Every year, I think, well, this must be his year. It must be. It must be. This is the year that he's going to get his breakout series as a private detective slash policeman. 
He's yeah. also going to be Sports Personality of the Year, and yeah. he's going to host the BAFTAs. The thing is, he, he probably would have made it by now if Top of the Pops was still going and Dex's Bin Net Runners were still making records. Yeah, absolutely. They would have got around. They, they would have, have found a way. They would have found a way to yeah. uh, make one of their titles sound like yeah. Cliff Lazarenko, or maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe Kevin Rowland would have done a song called Cliff Lazarenko. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's still time, isn't there? There is. There is. I, I'm not sure how much time for Kevin Rowland. Um, I mean, they're both still with us, aren't they? They are both still with us. Yeah. Um, I would. I would love to. I'll do that single. Maybe we should make it. Just us going. Lazarenko <laughs> over a, over a, you know 120 BPM. <laughs> yeah. I think I've still got Groove Armada's um, email address, so I'll give them a buzz. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they're an Armada now? That might just be one ship. Groove Flotilla. Yeah, yeah possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Um, just, just as a join on from the weird Armada thing and what we were talking about with, <laughs> with seaside activities, I used to, my favourite thing when I used to go on holiday um, was... That place that's near Scarborough is it Peasome Park? Peasome Park, yep. Where they've got those, um, they've got like a naval flotilla on a oh. small lake that you can sit around and watch them reenact naval battles from the Second World War. They certainly used to. I don't know if it's still there, but yeah, they definitely used to. Yeah. Oh my God, is it not still there? I don't know. I've um, been to Peasome Park. Later on, I found it because for people who are familiar with Pizza Park, which is probably ninety nine point nine percent of the people who are hearing this, this there point. used to be this um, thing near Scarborough, and it was a small like boating lake, and you could go and sit around this boating lake, and then at certain times of the day, there would be these. Uh, model boats, model naval boats would come out and they would recreate a naval battle. They were remote controlled. But then there were larger like battleships and as I found out later on there were people actually inside those battleships. Really? That, yeah. The, the, so there was people who used to sit inside them and then they would drive them around and they would fire like the, like smoke out of the guns and stuff. And then on wires above their heads, they would have model aeroplanes that would go over and pretend drop bombs on them and stuff like that. So you'd have you'd have all these um, naval battles. It's such a weird thing when you think about it for like, <laughs> let's take all the family around and watch a recreation of a miniature naval battle. It's just so bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, that is but really strange. I absolutely loved it. I, I mean, imagine. even more bizarre when I when I now know that there was people inside the big ships. Were they were they you know like like. Small like kids, or were they? No, they they were like they were well, no, no bigger or smaller than you would expect. They, they were. Um, I saw a diagram of one, and they were they were laid down in them. You know, like a like a Formula One driver is now. They were laid down in these battleships oh and operating them with like these pulleys and levers and wow. shit. God, it could have been Lewis Hamilton. It could have been Lewis Hamilton. Good he love. probably doesn't believe in it. Have you seen his latest thing? He's um he's um. Like a vaccine, COVID vaccine denier. He's a what? Uh, he's put a thing on his Instagram where um, he shows a picture of um, Bill Gates and there's something about him coming up with a vaccine for COVID and Lewis Hamilton put on it underneath it saying, um, I remember the time I first told a lie or something. 
yeah, he's he's a he's a non-believer in in all of that stuff. So I'm so I must have missed a, I must have turned two pages over. So so the, Bill Gates is working on some kind of vaccine. Yeah, well, I mean, he is he's genuinely a proponent of of finding vaccines for for multiple things, isn't he? He's sure, done a lot of work against malaria. He's got his his foundations um, largely devoted to, I think, uh, f- funding research into um, solving things like um, like things like COVID, um, sure, uh, and uh, things like that. So. Um, but one of the conspiracy theories is that he's only doing all this so that he can come up with a supposed vaccine for COVID because then what he's going to do is he's going to inject everybody with this vaccine that he's come up with. Oh, but God. then it's going to have like a chip in it, which means that then he'll be able to um, <laughs> control control you... people. Control people. Wow. Um, no, that's, that's genuinely a wildly held uh, belief. That he's, he's that's that's what he's up to. That this whole thing is just um, it's just bullshit. It's just a hoax. People aren't really dying. You don't really need a mask. It's not a real pandemic. Um, it's just an excuse that the the these secret forces can uh, control you and then find a way of injecting you with these things that mean that they control you even more. Wow, I, I, I'm not even sure. And, and, and Lewis Hamilton is one of them. Uh, I don't know to what extent, but he's definitely dipped his toe in the water. Yeah. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Okay, okay. I mean, you know, quite apart from the fact that we pay monthly, uh, well, uh, most people, some people are on a, a pay-as-you-go, for a, a you know a tracking device that can uh, yeah. record our every yeah, movement, yeah, yeah. our spending habits, and so on and so forth. Why would Bill Gates need to do that? I and mean, what would be the to to what end? To what well, end? Are, Any information that Bill Gates could have, he could already get from some we fucking pay for. I know, but I think it's um, uh, their belief is that it's uh, like a secret cabal of these powerful people, and uh, it's so they can um, gain control of people to make some kind of new world order where. Um, they're in control of everything. I'm thinking, how much more in control of things do they need to be? I mean, you look at people like Bezos, let's say, and like Zuckerberg, yeah, yeah, and, and Bill Gates, and like I guess Tim Cook for Apple. I, don't know. Uh, I mean, how, they, they've got all the information they could ever possibly fucking need. They've got all the money that they could ever possibly need. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much what. What more would they do with this control? Sure. Can't buy any more fucking stuff, can we? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I mean, they know they know everything. We're spending everything with them. Yeah, yeah. What, yeah. what else do they need? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if it point. was like a secret cabal of corner shop owners, I'd have more <laughs> belief in it. But it's not. Apparently, it's all these people who've already got everything. They want more of everything. <laughs> fucking hell. Fantastic. Isn't Dirty Jeff like the richest man in the world now? Yeah. I yeah. thought he was. Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned yeah. that the other day and somebody found it hard to believe. I, you know, I mean, yeah. everyone's using yeah. him. He's got, yeah, well, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's so convenient, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's insanely, absolutely insanely wealthy. Yeah. Yeah. You still understand what, what the end game of it is, though. 
you know, is it, it, it can't be just the the you know the accrual of wealth because he's already got more than he could spend in like a hundred lifetimes. Yeah, you'd have to assume that it was just wanting to be the top of the pile. Well, I mean, you he's know. done it now, hasn't yeah, he's he? He's done it. He's done it. Yeah, yeah. So what then? Then what is it? And if and if it's not if it's not the wealth thing, if it is just the achievement of like right, well, technologically, I've achieved everything that I could do in business and, and entrepreneurially, I have done. Then at that point, I would just go right. Now it's time to spunk all this money away that I've, <laughs> I've, I've got on yeah, some absolutely. ridiculous shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's an odd thing, isn't it? It is an odd thing. Yeah. When you think of, of the problems, the people's problems that you could solve if you had all that wealth, and you sit there and you choose not to do it. Yeah. Such a weird frame of mind that you'd have to be in. No, I'm not going to give you my money. Fuck you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't need it, but I'm not going to give it to you either. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, are you, what are you thinking? I'm down to my last trillion. What, you know, how can I? Yeah. How can I yeah. possibly part with it? This is it. We're talking in trillions, and it's just you can't even conceive of how much money that is. No, if no. just like one trillion, I can't even get my head around how much no. wealth that is. Because as soon as you've thought about how much a trillion is, it's already made you like another fifty-four million just in the ten seconds it's taken you to think about it. What is? I can't remember what a trillion is. A trillion nine zeros or twelve? I can't remember. I can't. It depends on where you live. Oh, that is true, yes, because a billion is quantified in a different yeah, way, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, anyway, you cut it, you could never spend all of it. No, of course you couldn't. Of course you couldn't. He's in that situation where he could never spend all of it and he could never lose it all. Either. Yeah. You're always going to get somebody who goes, I could spend it, I could spend that. No, you couldn't. No, no. no. He's, he has reached that kind of odd Brewster's Millions thing of just, even if he tried, he couldn't spend yeah, it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's reminded me of, and this is an absolute non sequitur when I say it anyway, because I was I was I was chatting about this the other week. Um, when I used to work at Hull Truck, there was a guy there. Um, he was a, 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 a chef. He was the chef there. He was called Mehmet. Mm. Uh, he was from Istanbul originally. He was a big. Oh God, if he's listening, if, if I get the the team wrong, I think he was a big Fenerbahce fan. Um, yeah. And you know, he showed me a picture of him uh, standing up on the terraces at one of the derby games against Galatasaray. Like, yeah. and I was once uh, at Hull Truck on a Saturday, just in the office with him. He was doing some admin, and I was doing some work for a writing course or whatever. And uh, we got chatting, and he was saying, "Oh, when I was uh, when I was in you know Istanbul going to the derbies, oh, I tell you, you know, I've seen people stabbed." I've seen people shot. I've stabbed somebody. I've been stabbed. Hit someone with a bike chain, and uh, you know, and I, and I broke somebody's arm, and I had my fingers snapped. And I went, "Yeah, but poof, what a bank holiday weekend!" And he and he looked at me like, "What the fuck are you saying? What, what do you mean?" And I went, "You know, just it was just it was it was not it was not a it's, you're all right. Don't worry. Sorry, 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 my man. And then. And then he was because I've got you know I've got my bad back and I don't walk particularly well and all that kind of thing, and he was saying, "Do I mean I'm going to try and do an impersonation? Apologies to anybody who is do you, do you run?" I went. I, no, I can't. Okay, run. Am I going to have to bleep this? Uh, yeah, you're probably right. I'll, I'll not do the accent. You're probably right. Let's start that shit again. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, I can't. I can't. I can't hide 
just how much I really want you to do the accent. <laughs> I know. I can, I can give run it a through go. it. Give it a go. If okay. it's really bad, I'll just cut it out. I'll, I can run through it if you want. And then yeah, we'll, we it. can go back. Do okay. It. So yeah, he yeah. said to me, do you, do you run? I went, no, I can't, I can't run. He went, I can make you fucking run. I can make you run. I went, how would, how would you, how would you make me run? My back is fused. I can't, I can't physically, I can't do it. He said, I would starve yeah. two Alsatians for a fortnight and they would chase you and you would run. I went, no, I would die. They would be savaged and, and die. Yeah. Now, in, in the case like that, you would run. You would be a runner. I said, no, I would be a meal for two. I would not be a runner. I would yeah. be, you would be picking up scraps of me. And uh, he said, no, you would run. And he would just wouldn't let it go. He w- honestly, it was like, yeah, yeah. you know, I realised I sound Afrikaans when I was doing that impersonation. Yeah, you so, did, but it was good though. Okay, well, are we are we sticking with that one? Shall we, or shall yeah, we? yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. fine. Well, I, when you were talking, what I was imagining was that you were inside the bathroom uh, with the door shut, and he was on the other side. No, no, we were in the office, and he was. Oh God, he, uh, the, you know, he was a very unusual chap. Uh, no, it's because um, of the Afrikaans thing. Oh, the ah, I didn't get it. Very good. You are still very quick at this late hour. Very, very good, very good. Um, yeah, no, I um, he was convinced, and and nothing would convince him otherwise that, yeah. you know, uh, I, you know, as as uh, fused as my back is, if too starving, hungry, uh, wild Alsatians. Yeah, I said, look, I'd try to run. I'm not denying I'd try, but I would fail. <laughs> and do you yeah. know why I'd fail? Because I can't fucking run. <laughs> <laughs> it's really as simple as that. Yeah. I can't run. Yeah. No, so, you've just not got the drive, Nick. That's the thing. No, absolutely. Now you know you. I'll mot- I would motivate you. I would motivate you. Yeah. No, no, you'd kill me, and that would be a bad thing. He left whole truck. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. Uh, but it, it was never announced. It was, he was just replaced. And for years, sounds like he became a gymnastics coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fox catcher, and for, and for years, um, uh, my mate Gemma and uh, another guy Lee who used to work there used to send each other messages going, "Where's Memma?" For years and years, and I ended up joining in. So Gemma, if you're listening, where is Memma? Very strange. Where is um, Memma? Yeah, where is Memma chasing by those fucking Alsatians? Anyway, should we talk about um, the the you know we alluded to the uh, the World War. Should we talk about something yeah. that you've done this week? Yes. So um, I've been. We always talk at the start about things that we've listened to, and then we never talk about anything that we've listened to. <laughs> we've been doing this for weeks and weeks, and we've never talked about anything we've listened to. Uh, so um, I've actually been listening to a podcast uh, by that's Tim Harford's podcast that's called Cautionary Tales. So it's um, a podcast all about lessons that you can learn from. The past, it's lessons in history um, that tell us uh, something about how we can maybe use different ways of thinking now. Um, and it, it, it's a very interesting, well, I find it very interesting. Um, <laughs> I find it fucking boring. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> he, he, talk, he talks about different cases in history and about the psychology of the people that were involved in it. As if, for instance, he talks about uh, I'm going to butcher the story, uh, but um, he talks about uh, a kind of aristocratic uh, army officer who, in the First World War, first saw the trials of tanks and saw immediately saw the potential for them. 
in terms of they could move across the ground quickly. They were impervious, obviously, to the to the bullets that had been mowing down the um, working class fodder that they'd been throwing at the German machine guns up until then. <laughs> Uh, and they, um, he was thinking, all oh, right, well, there's a, he was a very good, uh, strat- strat- strategist. strategist, fucking hell. All I kept thinking then was statistician and he wasn't a statistician. Yeah. <laughs> passenger lift. Pa- passenger lift. Passenger lift. Oh God. Uh, I'll tell that other thing brain, that I told you it? earlier. <laughs> yes. So, um, so he, he saw the potential in it in terms of, right, well, what we could do is we could get these moving across the ground quickly. We could get them to aim for the German headquarters. It would cause panic, disruption, and then we could move in quickly and we could have this whole conflict over in a matter of days instead of the months and years that it had been going on for. This was all completely dismissed because what the people at the time used to like doing was they liked... They liked killing poor people who would who would be conscripted to the fight, and they liked killing people on horses. They loved a good <laughs> horse annihilation, so they wanted to carry on with that for a few more years. Um, so he became so kind of disenfranchised with the whole thing after all these years because they refused to kind of go with his strategy uh, of um, using tanks overground quickly. Um, that eventually was kind of forced out of the armed forces. Um, but so he, what he did was he, the Germans really liked his strategy, and so they took it on board. And um, he suddenly disliked, you know, he he liked the Germans because they were they were interested in the same kind of things. Um, so Hitler, <laughs> uh, um, before the Second World War, he had a, dis- a display of military might through Berlin and he was parading his tanks through there uh, and uh, he took on board what this guy had said and he was going to use this this thing as the Blitzkrieg um, you know to launch multiple quick massive attacks across Europe to take vast amounts of ground very quickly and he said to this English aristocrat who was over there uh, you know what? What do you think of your children that he'd seen as the tanks had gone past? And he'd said, "Oh, they grow up so quickly, Fucking like you no. would do when you, if you're a fucking psychopath." Um, <laughs> uh, and it was just uh, horrific to think that there was the the end of the podcast was to talk about how people have good ideas that can't be seen by people who are in the current status quo. Because um, they talked a little bit like, you know, like how Xerox had invented, um, event, essentially they invented the the interface that would enable people to use home PCs. They'd invented the kind of icons and the mouse and the that whole thing, which was that. then taken on board by Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. They saw the potential in it for home use, whereas Xerox just didn't get it. And right, IBM okay. didn't get didn't get it, okay. um, and they were saying about how you know that like people's ideas just aren't taken on board. But all I could take away from it was like, what a massive dick this guy was! <laughs> what a massive dick, obviously the Nazis were. What a massive dick we were in World War One. It's yeah. like you've got people who want to slaughter <laughs> slaughter the common people and horses. Uh, because they don't want to use mechanised things. Yeah. And then you've got this maniac who isn't interested in 
the reason why people are fighting. He just wants to win whoever side he's on. He doesn't yeah. really fucking care. He's got no morals at all. Yeah, it's just and then he's evil cunts <laughs> who want to use his ideas because they're evil. Yeah. Like, who fits into any of this? <laughs> where, where are they just like the normal people in this? Yeah. Well, where they are is they're splattered across muddied fucking fields wherever you go, aren't they? <laughs> Doesn't matter whether yeah. you're in a tech company yeah. or in, in France and Belgium. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, we're the ones romanticised in poetry. Um, yeah. Thought about on Poppy Day and then for the most part, you know, forgotten yeah. all the sons and fathers and stuff yeah. like that. Fuck um, you, you fodder. Yeah, absolutely. And your fucking horses. Yeah. I mean, even now when you talk about these people with the tech stuff... And like Steve Jobs took that on, that's great. Now he's made he's he's made a company that now makes billions, and they make all this amazing technology. But they make it in factories where people they have to have nets around the edge of it because people are so suicidal working in these yeah, hell holes yeah. that they throw themselves off the top of the building. Yeah. And they won't even let them do that. No, fuck you. We're going to catch you <laughs> and we're going to put you fucking back in there <laughs> because we've got another phone coming out soon. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's it's fascinating, isn't it? All that kind of stuff. We've, I think we've talked about this before. You know, we, um, we can talk out about uh, human rights and we can talk out about, you know... Um, People's civil liberties being infringed. I mean, you know, obviously not just in, in the current situation, Black Lives Matter and so on and so forth, which is obviously, a, a, you know, a horrendous situation. But, you know, people will talk out about, you know, whatever their particular bugbear is. But the truth is we all choose a level of hypocrisy. You know, yeah. we've, all, we've all got phones which are almost certainly manufactured by kids who end up getting cobalt poisoning. Um, yeah. Because their working conditions aren't great, uh, they're getting no bathroom breaks. They tend to sleep under benches in fucking puddles of water, uh, yeah. you know, and sweatshops, you know, clothes that we wear. All that. If you're prepared to live in a cave, make your own clothes, grow your own food, and not really interact with the modern world at all, you might be able to stand on your high horse and say, "We're all right. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine." But we have yeah. to accept. We end up accepting certain things. But going back to what you were saying, there's no accepting that guy. There's no accepting no, that no. guy. There's no accepting no. the generals who said, "Do you know what? We'd rather use the working class as a battering ram." And there's no yeah. accepting Hitler going, "Oh, that's a good idea, actually." Maybe we could use that in our in our journey towards uh, the destruction of um, Jewish people, gay people, and gypsies. Yeah, uh, the, it's, the troubling it's like community. the guy, the um, the scientists who worked on um, the nuclear bombs, where you think they were so enamoured with the science that they were striving for that they didn't really care about the consequences of what they were creating. Yeah. Yeah, there's a quote, isn't there? Because he, he, he um, Oppenheimer quotes the, is it Hindu scripture? Yeah. Uh, where he says, now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds, or something like that. There's, it's chilling, actually. You can hear that clip on on YouTube. Um, Aid sent me that. He wasn't playing Double Dragon at the time. Uh, but he, he sent me that, uh, God, a, a while ago. And, I, you know, I listened to it and thought, oh, that's blimey. Yeah. It is absolutely horrific. Yeah. That there are these these people who've got such an intellect that there's just some kind of mental bypass in them that they they don't, they don't care about how it's used. They just mm. want to see 
they just want to see their their idea play out. Yeah. And Strange. that's satisfaction. That's the ultimate satisfaction for them. Yeah. They just sit back and go, oh, yeah, no, actually, that did work. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. loads of people are dead like, but it did work. Yeah. It is a fascinating, fascinating subject. It sounds like a fascinating podcast. It is. It's very good. Yeah. Cautionary Tales, that's Tim Harford. Yeah. Um, it's well worth checking out. They're not bad. all as dark as that. They are. Some of them are quite funny. But yeah, <laughs> it's definitely definitely an interesting one. But you'd be watching something visual. Yes, yeah, but something of dark. that requires that requires intellect. Oh, uh, sorry. Are we, which one are we going for? Which one? We... Anyone you like. Okay. Well, since you mentioned dark, um, I'm a bit late. Uh, uh, late catching this particular bus because I think it's been on for about three years now. There's a German series that Netflix made. Um, uh, they've stopped apparently they're not going to make any more than three oh, right. series well there's been a number of articles hasn't there in the newspapers over the past few weeks talking about the Netflix uh, commissioning and uh, decommissioning policies because they yeah. don't after a certain number of series they they notice uh, they're not getting any extra subscribers People aren't, you know, the, the way their algorithm works is: Do you watch seventy percent or more of the shows yeah. or episodes, and and do you stick with a series? Yeah. And what they've found, or what they're finding, is series uh, such a uh, plateau point hits between series two and three, or three and four. So generally yeah. speaking, what they want, even though they say this could run and run, or they have been saying, most yeah. series have been curtailed so they can make new products and 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 you know because it's new things it's shiny new things um so you know it's not like the old days where they just keep something trotting on and trotting on forever and ever um which in some ways is probably a good policy because you know there are so many series that um that started well and yeah uh, tailed off badly towards the end yeah Um, definitely you know, if we'd have been doing this podcast a couple of years ago, I would have been talking every week about the blacklist. Uh, yeah. Did you ever see the blacklist? Yes. Yeah. Loved the yeah. start of the blacklist. Yeah. It became progressively more ridiculous. Yeah. In the same way as Lincoln Rhymes was ridiculous. It was, ri- it was ridiculous. <laughs> but dark. Um, I think there's going to end up being a, a, a bit of a, a an out not outcry. That sounds too uh, political and and. Uh, too weighty, but I think that there there may be an online petition to tr- for another for another network to pick it up because it has gained some very very good reviews uh, and people like Stephen King and other luminaries of science fiction have commented about how good uh, they think it is. Um, so I, I've I I'm only aware of it. But I have no idea what it's about. Nobody knows what it's about. Not even oh, people who right. finished it. I'm not even sure the people who wrote it know what it's about. As oh, far right, as I'm aware, okay. um, it takes place in the, I presume, fictional German town of Winden. Right. Um, it starts, uh, it, it's called Dark, and it starts with the darkest thing you could ever imagine. It's a chap hanging himself. Um, right. And he leaves a note on the uh, the side of his of his little garret room. He's up in his attic. He's obviously an artist, a tortured artist. Lots of weird paintings yeah. all over the place. And he leaves a note saying, "Not to be opened until ten sixteen p.m. on the thirteenth of November, twenty nineteen." Right. So all very Back to the Future, um, but. 
it's also the, the first episode uh, has a missing child. Uh, the, the, the town has, has a, you know, again, when it first came out, and I think based only on the missing child, it uh, was compared to Stranger Things, uh, the other yeah. successful uh, cipher. And, and then I'm not up to the bit where they start to go back because it deals in time travel. Uh, and I think a section of it does take place in the 1980s. Again, that's right. not a spoiler because nobody's told me anything about it, and I'm just I'm just guessing. Um, right. And you know, and I think because um, Stranger Things is set in the 80s, I think that's probably the comparison. Um, but um, its protagonists or main protagonist seems to be this kid called Jonas who is the son of the guy who hangs himself at the beginning of the first episode Um, who is on some kind of medication one presumes an antidepressant because he's dealing with his father's demise and he and his friends uh, at school, he hasn't been at school for a few months uh, and his best friend is going out with a girl that he really fancies and um He's a, he's a he's a bit of a lost soul, really. And then they, one of his friends, this 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 guy, his best friend, says that the kid who's gone missing, who was their contemporary, leaves his stash of weed and drugs in an old armchair out in the wood, which is near Vinden Caves. So they right. go to they go at the end of the first episode. They go to Vinden Caves. There's lots of other weird shits happening in, in the meantime. Yeah. Um, and uh, something else happens in there. It's full of heavily portentous uh, moments of foreshadowing, and um, it's it's quite. I, I like the tone of it. Some might find it a little bit po-faced, a little bit se- overly serious. But I suppose the subject matter it's it's not one for huge amounts of levity. No. Um, no. And um, yeah, it's 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 fascinating, uh, and. Uh, I watched the first episode uh, with the English overdub on it, and then I watched the second oh. episode with the uh, subtitle track. Yeah. Um, f- fascinating, really. If I'm tired, uh, or if I've left my glasses upstairs, <laughs> and I can't be bothered to get them, I will go with the overdub. And, you know, it, it's obviously the voices don't match up to the mouths, but then it's funny... My attitude has softened to the overdubbing uh, since the films we've been watching on the the sister yeah. podcast, the film club, yeah. has featured heavily um, yeah. the the qualities of overdubbing, uh, for better or worse. Um, and so, you know, the, the the point is, I think the overdubbing actors are good. Um, it, 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 and, but what's fascinating is when you hear the real voices of the actors. Yeah. They don't. You've got a tone. You've got a, a certain uh, rhythm and timbre in your head, yeah, yeah, based yeah. on the American voiceover artists. And then you hear the real voice, and you go, "Oh, okay, okay, that's interesting." Yeah. Um, I may continue to uh, vacillate between the two, but it's worth a watch if you're into sci-fi um, and uh, that kind of time travel stuff. It's not Doctor Who. Uh, it's not like Doc- well, it doesn't seem to anyway, um, you know. But it, it, it's um, it's quite grim, but um, compelling uh, and worth a, worth a look. I'd say. Is it like um, 
an ensemble cast, i.e. Yes. focusing on the same amount of people. Y- yes, it, it seems to be a, bun- a handful of families, um, that, uh, all of whom have children at this particular school, who yeah. you know are affected by the ongoing incidents. Um, and a, a, a thing has happened that, uh, again, to try not to give too much away. And actually, whether this gives anything away, I don't know, could be a red herring. I've not seen enough of the episodes to know where this leads, but a body is found, a child's body is found in the woods, um, but they can't identify the child. Uh, they have no record of the child, but he's wearing 80s clothes, and he has a, yeah. a, 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 a cassette Walkman with him. A Sony old old classic yeah, yellow yeah. Sony Walkman, um, and his eyes have all burnt out. Uh, so it's uh, ah. yeah, he got burning right across his eyes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's um, it's interesting. So one presumes that uh, he's come through some kind of time slip. Um, but anyway, that sounds uh, good. Yes, and a, 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 um, a big tick to the location scouts and, and the art direction team on it. Because the art yeah. direction is beautiful, and the locations, particularly the caves, I don't know where they actually are, but fantastic, yeah. fantastic cave network, really good. Well, I think I'll give that a go. <laughs> yes, you must. I don't like. Um, I, I, I've have liked overdubbing on the films that we've watched in film club. Yeah, because I think that it's added to the ridiculousness of some of the stuff that we've watched. Fair, fair. But I don't, I don't like, I can't watch overdubbing on like current things. Right, okay. Because I'm always, I'm always thinking, I bet you don't sound like that. I bet the guy <laughs> you're doing doesn't sound like that. And more often than not, they don't, but based on Yeah, this, yeah, um... yeah. It's just I just can't get on with overdubbing on current things. No, but gosh. no, it, it does sound good though. That sounds yeah. like something. Right but when we were it. when we were kids, I mean, the water margin and monkey. Oh my god! Yeah. 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 I can't imagine them not being overdubbed. They were amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. If if you haven't seen, uh, particularly monkey, yeah. um, have a look at the uh, opening title sequence. On YouTube, uh, and it, and if it uh, if it tickles your pickles, watch a couple of episodes because it's just yeah. brilliant. It's absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, nuts. There was a thing on um, on that we saw that was um, <clears throat> one of these like amazing hotels kind of programs, and there was a guy who was at this hotel, and they had him. Uh, being one of the in this hotel they had um, a big art section and you could go and have like an art a guided art tour around the works that they got for this hotel and one of it was um this this woman who was telling him what to talk about and she said so this piece it depicts a monkey a pig character a, <laughs> uh, and i was like Oh, and I was like, I even said out loud, oh my God, it's Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like the sea monster. That's Trippy right, Tarka. yeah. Trippy Tarka. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah, it teaches kids about ancient Eastern Buddhist. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, these old religious fables. But yeah, no, yeah, monkey's great, and Walk Margin was amazing. I, I so just... I so wanted to be the main guy in Water Margin. Did you? I thought he was the coolest fucking dude ever. Yeah. Yeah. He was amazing. It was about a bunch of Ronin, wasn't it? I think. Yes. Yeah. 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 They were always. Um, they were always. Uh, it was these Japanese warriors. Yeah. Like samurai warriors, and they were always on horseback, and they were always galloping across what looked like a coal field, didn't it? Yes. <laughs> Everything was black. Wasn't yes, it? that's true. Yeah, it was always black and it was always wet. Yeah, fucking miserable. Yeah, but yeah, I loved it. I I've got a single. In fact, I might I might send you it for your birthday. Um, a BBC uh, record single theme from the water margin. Oh my god, that yeah. was amazing. I'll, I'll dig it out and send you it. Loved that. Yeah. One of my idols. Oh, there you go. Marvellous. Anyway, um, so, we, yeah, have a look at them. They're bound to be on YouTube. Um, so, Dark is a good recommendation. What have you got, Rich? Um, well, speaking of um, fighting, as we were with Water Margin and a little bit with Monkey, uh, I watched uh, The Old Guard, um, Netflix original, taken from a graphic novel starring Charlie's Theron. Oh, God, I hope that's the right way of pronouncing it. So it's about a group of people who crop up throughout history and they have the ability to regenerate after injury. So if they break a bone in their finger, then within seconds uh, that bone fuses and it fuses back into the correct way. So everything's back to normal. Whatever injury they suffer, physical injury they suffer, they seem to be able to regenerate from it. Uh-huh. Um, so as history goes on, it's not like there are like, oh, we start off with like 10 of them. It's like we start off with one of them and then perhaps like a couple of hundred years could go by and then there's another one. And so over this period of time, there's got to be, I think, five of them. And during the uh, film itself, then another one appears so I don't want to give too much away because it is it's definitely worth a watch. Okay. So uh, because of the dynamic of the fact that they they can regenerate, what they've done is they've got together as an ensemble because when somebody comes up and they've got this ability, for some reason they've all got, um, they can all sense it. They can all sense, oh, actually there's somebody else who's got this ability and they will come, out, they go out there and find them and right, then they okay. become part of the group. And then they go around... If you say, like, fighting injustice, it sounds ridiculous. It sounds like Wonder Woman or something like that. <laughs> but it's, In the satin tights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, they've all got golden lassos. But apart from that, it's fine. It's, it shows you all different pieces through history where they've, like, they've fought in, like, World War One and things like that. And they've... Um, so for like uh, women's rights and things like that, they've been involved in that, all that kind of stuff. So, but it never goes into specifics. Right. Okay. You see what they've done because somebody who hasn't got this power is just a normal person. He lost his wife uh, through cancer, oh, okay. uh, and he sees them as a possible source of a cure for the ills of people. To stop them aging, to stop them dying from disease, oh, okay. to stop them 
down from all these kind of things. So he thinks he, if he can help find out what their genetic makeup is that could be then applied to your normal human people, uh-huh. then that will solve a lot of the ills of the world. Uh, okay. Obviously, that doesn't go right, because that's never gone right, has it? So that, that he's a part of the story. Um, they, they go out on these missions, and there's a nefarious um, English person who runs a massive uh, pharmaceutical conglomerate. I'm assuming uh, this is the he, bad guy you're talking about. Yeah, okay. yeah. And he wants to get them all and then just basically cut them all into pieces and keep cutting them all into pieces and torture them uh, uh-huh. so that he can find out what goes into making them up so that nobody else can find out. None of the other you know, pharmaceutical people can get all of this information and then yeah, yeah. he will be a god, essentially. Okay. Um, and it's all what happens with that. It's um, it's well acted. The action scenes are good. Uh-huh. The, start's, the start's a little bit slow. So if you are going to watch it, give it time. Because I was okay. a little bit like, after 20 minutes, I was thinking, ah, oh, this needs to pick up and find its feet. <laughs> but it does. In fairness, it does. And it, it, it does keep you going through to the end. Oh, good. Um, uh, Charlize is good, obviously. She's yeah. good in most things. Yeah. Not everything, but most things. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's ever her. Again, she's another of those actresses, I think, who always gives of her best. But everyone yeah. tries to, don't they? I mean, there's just some people who yeah. aren't very good. Yeah. But she's very good, you know. I mean, I I, I watched her in... Um, I've never seen Eon Flux, which is apparently dreadful. No. Um, I saw her in A Million Ways to Die in the West. Uh, yes. Which is the Seth MacFarlane movie. Yeah. Not as bad as everyone says, but by no, no. means a good film. Uh, still quite, um, uh, I don't know, patchy, I would say. Yeah, but it's all right, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's all right. I think that's the, that's as, that's as good as you could say. It's all right. Yeah. Um, but she's brilliant in it. She's hilarious. Yeah. She's really funny. She has got very good comic timing. She does. Um, uh, and she does a lot of her stunts, her own stunts in this. And you can tell as well. Oh, okay. The, the stunts and the fight sequences are really well done. Uh, and you can tell that they've obviously got a lot of the actors to do the stunts because there isn't that kind of weird bit where it's obviously them, then it's obviously not them, and then it's obviously back to them on the floor, like breathing heavily as if like, I've just done something very vigorous. Right, okay. Have you, you, or is it Bert over there, the stuntman who's who's fucking panting? Um, Yeah, no, the the action's really well done. I'll tell you what I do miss. Oh, God, no, Karen. Uh, no, it's just to say that the, like, the, the, the pacing of the whole thing is very good. One of the good things um, in it is there's a dynamic between two of the guys who are in it who've, um, you know, like it shows you the kind of period in history where they were first found and introduced into the team. Right, okay. And so you've got people like, oh, well, I was in like the American Civil War and uh-huh. somebody who was in like ancient Egypt and stuff like that. Um, and the two of the guys who are in there they're um they're a couple uh and their kind of dynamic is handled really well and really believably okay and it's it's just really like it i know it sounds odd to say it's just handled as if it was a normal relationship but so often in these things if it's two guys or two women 
or it's just not the the generally accepted in quotation marks norm sure. then it's overemphasized isn't it yeah, yeah these yeah. people really normal and you know it's like <laughs> oh god you don't need to shout shout that if you just yeah, sure. showed them as like a normal yeah, relationship just let them be yeah. we would just accept that yeah, yeah yeah and they do in this they do just it is just part of the story it's not a specific thing it's just they're a couple yeah, and that's handled, I think, really well. It's good to see that kind of thing in, okay, in a cool. mainstream bit of Netflix action film. Right. Oh, fab. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds very, it's, very good. I'll have a it's look a at recommend. That. I should, you know, I, I quite like a bit of Charlize Theron. She's very good. Uh, so, is anyone else in it that, that uh, we've heard of? Um, nobody that... Uh, um... Uh, nobody that I would particularly go, oh yeah, no, I, I, they stand out from that thing that I watched before. No, cool. I like new faces anyway. That's good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of new talent in it. Um, and it, it's it's an odd one though. It's one of those things where, and the, because there are so many things that are being adapted from comics and graphic novels. I don't know about you, but I can tell pretty much straight away when something has been adapted from that rather than um, a novel or a, you know some other something else yes. or a TV series. They've just got that certain feeling about them where, like as soon as this started, even though I didn't know anything about it before I watched it, within like the first 10 minutes I was thinking, I bet this has been adapted from a comic or a graphic novel. Just got that certain thing about yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something to do with the high concept nature of graphic novels. Yeah. Um, versus a director with probably a flair for visuals. Uh, yeah. So that the, the openings are always. It's like the opening of the Umbrella Academy. If you if you saw that yes. one, another Netflix yeah. with the with the prams and the and the, the yeah. Russian girl giving birth within about twenty minutes and you know yeah. uh, you know fab but you go immediately okay that's that's a graphic novel and and similarly the boys on Amazon which oh it's it's yeah. coming it's a couple of weeks couple of weeks yeah yeah. Very exciting, um, but uh, yes. So, what was do you saying? think it's because um, studios won't wouldn't take a risk on an, somebody bringing those things as an idea to them? They need it to be proven almost as a test bed through it being a comic or a graphic novel first. All oh, right, it's been a success as that, uh, so now I'll take a chance on it. Or do you think it's because it's quite? It's almost like a ready-made storyboard for them, in that sense. I think it has to be. I, I would say partly the latter. Uh, you know, it, it's it suggests itself, doesn't it? I mean, you know, yeah. We know that films uh, are and, and series as well are made with these, you know, visual shot storyboards. So you, you look at these. You yeah, know, so, yeah. So it is. Um, I mean, I mean you, do, you, you do sometimes see in some of these things that have been adapted that there are certain. Th- camera setups where you think yeah you've you must have directly lifted that from a comic because it's comics and graphic novels the the illustrators they do have a, a sense of where the the eyes point of view is coming from that isn't necessarily how you would normally have it in an a normal cinema setup isn't it yeah but absolutely take an unusual angle or you know and when you see it on screen, I always think, oh, yeah, you've taken that because you've seen that's a bit that you've seen, you've read in that comic, and you've thought, fucking yeah. hell, that's a really good angle to take. Yeah, it's true. I, th- I think that's true. I, I never, 
I never read it, but I was told that the road to perdition uh, was, yes. um, which started off as a graphic novel. Obviously, that's the that's the Sam Mendes film, uh, the yeah. one he made after American Beauty. Um, yeah. Borrowed visually, borrowed quite heavily from the graphic novel. Yeah, um, yeah, I have no evidence to support that. It's just what I've been told. But uh, you know, you can, it, it doesn't feel like uh, uh, the typical nineteen twenties gangster. Uh, milieu, it, it as you say, yeah. it feels different, and I think it, it has to be to do with the fact that these things were created um, with visuals in mind. Yeah, it has to yeah. be that. It has to be. Uh, Road Expedition's got one of my favourite bits of cinema ever in it. Oh, tell where, me, um, where the kids sat in the back of the car uh, and they're driving along, and you can see, he's looking out of the window of the car. And in the reflection in the glass of the car, you can see it hinted at that it's going from rural America into yes. industrial America, into the city. And it yeah. happens in like, well, like 20 seconds or something. And it's not overly played, but it's just a beautiful, subtle piece of like, now we're tra- transitioning from one thing to another. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. so well handled. Love yeah. that bit. Just love there's that some, bit. There's some beautiful... You know, when, when you see something you've not seen before, or, or maybe you have seen it before, but it's done well, it's it's the wonder of cinema for me. There's a brilliant bit in the in the film version of Widows uh, that came out a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, I, in, in general, I was... Because I could remember the, fil- uh, the, the TV series of Widows, uh, it, it was diminished for me a little bit because I yeah. knew... I knew what was going to happen, and I knew the twists, and I knew all that kind of thing. But the the socio political aspect of it, I found fascinating. And there's a moment where Colin Farrell's character, who uh, who is a councilman, I think, uh, more is he a, a senator? He gets in his car uh, and drives in real time as he's he's talking and he's talking to his he's talking to his wife in the, on, on the phone in the car, or he's talking to somebody. And and the car just drives from, uh, uh, you know, a, a fairly run-down uh, suburb or a part in a city area yeah. to the rich suburbs, and 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 the they don't do anything different with lighting. But again, it's just it's that location scouting thing, and you see something done, you see something done that well, and you go, that's brilliant because what you've done is you've immediately just gone, this is the socio-political landscape of this film encapsulated so perfectly you've gone from poor to rich and they're not that far away yeah 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 very clever um do you know i haven't watched road to perdition for years i might give it another go yeah some great performances in that yes right well very very good so two recommendations two netflix things yes yeah 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 old guys did very much a kind of um it's pretty much a turn your brain off, watch it on a Sunday afternoon, just enjoy it kind of film. Yeah. From Netflix, I will jump to all four. Oh. Channel, Channel 4 streaming service. Well, you know, as you know, and as, as regular listeners will know, speaking of which, hello, Ian, hello, Lou, hello, Richard, and uh, and hello to all our listeners. Hello to all of our listeners. Yes. Uh, well, worldwide, I yeah, should yeah, say yeah. hello to our poor American listeners who've joined us, who 
a lot of the references will mean yeah, absolutely nothing. Sorry, guys. Sorry about <laughs> Cliff Lazarenko. Cliff Lazarenko. Look him up. Darts player from Northampton. We talked about him last week. Um, uh, it obviously, had uh, had a great effect on on Rich and I. Uh, yes, when we were when we were younger, shaped our lives in in many ways, in many ways, and the countries, and the countries, absolutely. Um, so all four, <laughs> all four. Thank you very much. Say, yeah, Crystal. Yes, nice. Crystal. Nice. Yeah. So, um, Ivy is eight years old, and we started watching Flora's Lava again on Netflix. We ripped through it, and in searching for something um, which had a similar sort of gamey kind of feel. Uh, I thought, I wonder if, because the Channel 4 All 4 archive is quite vast and it goes it goes quite a way back. It does with its drama anyway. Uh, but I, I thought, oh, I'll type the Crystal Maze in. Um, and rather than what I expected, which was the 90s set, you know, um, four quantity surveyors and an architect uh, fannying about with Richard O'Brien, um, they started remaking it unbeknownst to me, uh, in 2017, um, and the host was none other than Richard Ayoade, uh, who is the guy, if you don't know him, he's the guy from, he directed a film called Submarine, he was in the IT crowd, he was also in a film with Ben Stiller called The Watch, Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn. Um, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, yes, very good. Um, he has a very uh, stilted, um, incredibly dry um, persona, but he's as sharp as a tack, and it really, really works. Um, and it's been it, it, it's a joy watching the. Um, so again, I, I think the concept of the Crystal Maze didn't originate in Britain. I think it was syndicated from possibly Germany, it might have been France maybe friends um so you know there may be an american crystal maze there may be a german crystal maze there may be or or maybe there used to be one but in brief five people the the team uh, of whoever they are gamers nurses friends a family whatever are taken by the host through a series of zones uh in the british one it's the aztec zone the medieval zone the futuristic zone and the industrial zone. And within those zones, there are little rooms. And the rooms contain a game, a skill game, a, a, a mystery game, a physical game or a mental game. Um, and the captain of the team has to choose which of his cohorts goes in to try and beat the clock and win a crystal. Each crystal they win equates to five seconds of time, and those seconds are spent in the dome at the end collecting golden tokens. This sounds so contrived when you say it out loud. <laughs> and the more golden tokens you get, the better the prize, is essentially the, uh, the, the way it works. And, and it's, you know, they, they do celebrity specials uh, for charity, uh, which initially, the, the first series of the uh, Richard Ayoade run uh, started with celebrity specials. Um, I personally prefer the ones with just families or mates. Um, but there was a celebrity special one with Bez on. Now, Bez... Excellent. Again, for people who uh, aren't au fait with the um, independent music scene in Britain from the late 80s to the early to mid-90s, there was a band from Manchester called The Happy Mondays 
The Happy Mondays were fronted by a conk-faced drug hoover uh, <laughs> called Sean Ryder, um, who people called a poet at the time. Um, and, and you read some of his lyrics, and they are quite witty. Uh, you know, rhyming couplets like, Son, I'm 30, I only went with your mother because she's dirty. Um, you know, w- w- whether you class that poetry or doggerel, entirely up to you. But the main attraction of uh, the Happy Mondays was not Sean Ryder uh, and his nose like a fleshy shark fin. Um, all the better for snorting enough cocaine to fell a rhino. No, no, no. The main attraction with the Happy Mondays was Bez. I think his name is Mark Bedford. Somebody oh, I don't b- know. or Beresford. Anyway, his nickname is Bez. On their third album, uh, Pills, Thrills, and Belly Aches, Bez is credited as Bez. You know, you get um, vocals, Sean Ryder. Uh, guitars, Paul Ryder, drums, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Bez, Bez. <laughs> yeah. Um, he played maracas and he had a very uh, a particular dance. You'll find Bez videos online, I'm sure, if you want to look yeah. up Bez. Um, essentially, it looked like, well, I mean, he was monged off his gourd on all sorts of pharmaceuticals. Yeah. And, um, and he was shaking maracas and looked like um, he was... Uh, running a marathon on the spot, yes. But but in lead boots, mm. uh, and is and and you know um, he was at about the nineteenth mile of the marathon because his head was starting to go from side to side, looked like he was in a bit of pain. So that's what he yeah. looked like when he was dancing. If uh, ever there was somebody in life who has made the most of what they had, it's him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but. The thing about bears, right, is all them drugs, they've maybe done something to him, and uh, he's not. You say, you say that, Nick. You didn't know him before the drugs. That could be just his natural state. Oh no, he's an he was an emeritus professor of English at Oxford University. <laughs> he? He was, yeah. Oh, he was, uh, oh fuck! Now you say it, I remember him doing that TED talk. Yes, he did do that TED talk yeah. just prior, just prior yeah. to it. You know, when he was talking about, you know semantics and their place in, yeah. a, in a in a dialectical discussion about truth yeah uh, and um and then, then later he got on, his maracas out got his maracas out <laughs> took a fuckload of e and um joined the happy mondays you know never to be seen again but no but imagine I'm... though like you you, you like say you say you are best right you maybe aren't have the best the best start in life, and you maybe you haven't had the best education that there is on offer, and um, sure. you know your employment opportunities are vastly limited. And your mates say, "Well, you can tag, tag along with us. Why do you come to band practice?" And he was like, "Well, I can't. I mean, I can't play anything. Well, just you just play the maracas and just dance about for a bit." And he does that, and he then he ends up going round the world, travelling oh, to all these different countries, absolutely playing in front of thousands of people. He's on records. I mean, he gets a he gets a songwriting credit. He does uh, well. Even even, I don't even credit, but yeah. Well, I mean, he still gets money, I guess, from it. He, yes, I'm sure um, he does. Uh, and even now, people are like, oh, it's best from Happy Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's done the same dance with the same maracas, probably. We assume, for yeah. Twenty. 30 years. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it's the Happy Mondays. Um, their early work was very spiky and kind of punky. Uh, their second album, which was called Bummed, um, a, a terrible name for an album, um, because obviously, if you went and bought the album, you know, after you, what did you do at the weekend? Oh, I got bummed by the Happy Mondays. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's just a terrible joke. Um, then then they brought out Pillstools and Bellyaches, and by this point, they were. Uh, getting uh, singles very high in the charts, playing to large crowds, and they were at the forefront of what was the, at that time the Manchester scene. In fact, it was their Hallelujah EP, uh, so their Madchester EP, uh, featuring the single Hallelujah, that that rechristened the Manchester scene, the Madchester scene. Yeah. Um, but by this point, uh, Sean Ryder and Bez and quite a few of the others were were dabbling with heroin. And uh, as as much as they could get their old uh, hands on, really, whatever drugs, uh, a, a wide a wide cocktail of class A pharmaceuticals, and uh, fearing that it could do Sean Ryder some serious harm, Tony Wilson, who was then the uh, head of Factory Records, the label that they were on, sent them to the Bahamas, uh, yeah. to or the Caribbean anyway. To to record their fourth album, yes, please. Famously drug free, the Bahamas. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Just to get off the heroin, to get mm. off the heroin, and they did. They did. They, did. they all In got fairness, off the heroin. They did. Yeah, yeah, they did, and got straight onto crack. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and Bez, uh, they were they were having to send loads and loads of money over at Factory Records because Bez rolled a jeep. And uh, shattered his arm, um, yeah. and Sean Wright at the Happy Mondays. This is terrible. They were they re- the people who produced their fourth album were Chris France and Tina Weymouth, uh, the rhythm section of Talking Heads, um, yeah. and um, they were fl- <laughs> they were flogging furniture from their studio when Chris yeah. and Tina weren't there in order to buy drugs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and obviously Factory Records were having to. Uh, pay that, and it was the it was the end of Factory Records because the sales of the album, uh, they they needed them to be stratospheric, and the fourth album is, uh, I mean it's uh, it's a couple of good songs and a lot of filler. In in fairness, in fairness to the Happy Mondays, Factory Records weren't exactly um, economic maestros. Were they weren't they? business savvy. This is I mean when when because didn't they do um, wasn't it famously blue mondays yes. um, sleeve jacket for the yes. for the 12 inch actually cost more than it was that they made from yes. every sale yes. so it actually cost them money yes, every time they did. sold the record yes unfortunately yeah. it, they they were losing 3 pence per record and uh, i think at the time they thought well that's that's acceptable 3 pence Fair enough. <laughs> you know, it's it's a twelve inch single. We didn't release it on seven inch, but it looks really fucking buy this. It looks really cool. That. It looks really cool. It looks like a floppy disk with, with a die cut and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. That's not gonna go on to be the biggest selling twelve inch single in the <laughs> no, world. No. Still holds that record to this day. That'll be fine. We'll be alright. We'll be alright. <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah. It was uh, a bit of a disaster. So who was who was Bez teamed up with then? Oh, so Bez. Um, now I'm just trying to think what team Bez was in. I think was he with was he with Katie Price? Was he on that celebrity team? Um, I mean, if it, they have a different um, 
there are different types of tasks, don't they, in the Crystal Maze? So yeah, skill, physical, say, mystery, yes. and mental. Yeah, that's right. You, now, me, I would think Bez physical. I think this was a physical game. Yeah. The the the, the highlight of the the whole uh, show uh, for me, the whole series in in many ways, was watching Bez go into a room where there were tubes full of coloured balls and they had to sort them into the right colours and they all tumbled onto the ground and for three minutes Bez was essentially tidying up what looked like a sanitised <laughs> child's playroom and he looked like he was proper messed up like an acid casualty picking up these balls and putting them in I, I mean bless him there are a couple of occasions where the camera catches him full on and the level of confusion and fear in his eyes is palpable <laughs> it's really like what am I doing here what's going on here I didn't do too well Richard when he came out bless him um, it's um, it's a fun it's a fun TV show Richard Ayoade is very very funny um, and it's on all four. Uh, it, it seems weird, you know, to recommend reruns of a game show. Um, but it's not the, you know, it's not the kind of typical. We're not talking the seventies, the seventies yeah. game show, you know, wherein people are patronised, condescended to, and humiliated, asked really obvious yeah. questions on the off chance of winning a, you know, a diamond service or a. Yeah. And the the good thing with him is that he he knows what it's all about. Does Richard Ayoade? Yes, he does. Um, and he he does play it very well. He's very arch. There's a lot of to camera asides, yeah, uh, which are which are very funny. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, definitely worth a watch. Definitely worth a watch if you're into that kind of thing. That's on all four. All four. Yes, right. it is. Yeah. Give that a try then. That's another recommend. Yes, indeed. Doing well this week, actually. You wait yeah. till we get to the film club. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> um, just as an as a, a final thing for me, um, audio wise, I've been listening to a lot of Laura Marling. Oh, uh, I love Laura was, Marling. Yeah, new to me was Laura Marling. Um, well, I thought she was new to me, but I've got um, at work. If I'm doing, if I have to do a lot of work at the PC, yeah, yeah. I'll have um, YouTube on in the background. Yeah. And because of things that I've just kept bringing up, it's got like, just makes a playlist for you. And it, within that playlist, there's been three or four Laura Marling, but because I've had it in the background, I've not seen who it was by. Sure. Um, so it was only when I started to listen to a fair bit of her stuff that I was like, oh, no, I've actually been listening to her for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, amazing artist. Absolutely yes. amazing artist. L- lyrically fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I think more than anything, I, the thing that struck me with her is, like, the way that she phrases things. She phrases things not in a straightforward way. Uh, and the way that she phrases it is just so perfect for what... Mm she's trying to convey it's just astonishing i'm absolutely in love with her with her yeah. stuff so yeah massive recommend to laura Marlin. so i know 
I've listened to like her most recent album and I've listened to probably the two before, but I've not gone any further back than that. So that's going to be my next step to go. I'm the other way around. I've listened to the first couple. I'm up to an album called A Creature I Don't Know, which I think was from 2014. uh, Which the first album I heard of hers actually, because um, it was there was a guy who used to work in the finance department at Hull Truck uh, who'd been to see her three times and said, "Oh, she's brilliant live." There are some videos of her, you know, uh, live on YouTube. Uh, Oh my god, her videos on YouTube of her singing live are just incredible. Yeah, she's such um, such a confident yes, she is. performer. Yeah, it's just it just completely sucks you in, and there's a kind of electricity to our to her performances. Mm. Yeah. There's a stunning there's track. A... There's a stunning track on a creature I don't know called "Night After Night," right? Which is absolutely beautiful, heartbreaking, and phenomenal. Wonderful song. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. And there's lo- there's lots of stuff that she sings about where the nice thing about the stuff that she sings about lyrically Mm. is um, that there's obviously things that she hasn't experienced that she can imagine and you can't tell the difference between what she has experienced that she's singing about and what she hasn't that she's just empathised with and recreated yeah Yeah, she's great absolutely stunning Mm. artist yeah yeah so she's a massive recommend Yes, I would. I would. I will. I'll back that up, and also I'll get back to listening to her more recent records as well. Oh yeah, the new album's great. It's really, really good. Fab, really good. There's a, a um, bizarrely as these as these things happen. I was watching YouTube yesterday, mm. and on one of the ads, it came up for her latest single. I think it was a latest single. It didn't actually say it, but even the video to that is is really really good okay she's a great she's a great actress actor not actress she's a great actor as well okay um saw her in a short film with tim key oh, right okay she works in a cafe uh and even in just that it was only like a 10 minute kind of thing but even in that she was really good all right yeah yeah she's great oh fab well very good good recommendation uh, Yes, so lots of recommendations this week, and this yes. has been a very positive one. Very, very positive. Um, so if you've got any of the positive things that you want to recommend to us, you can email us at weakpointspodcast at gmail.com, uh, or you can go to our Insta, which is weakpointspodcast, and you'll see pictures of stuff that we've talked about today and stuff that we talked about on the film club which you should listen to which should be coming up soon yes it will and if you've got anything you want to recommend to us uh, or yes or even tell us to watch so you don't have to then we'll watch it for you yeah <laughs> always up for trying new television and new music so thank you very much for listening and we'll see you again next week so, well. see you soon see you soon bye, bye.